Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Microphones. Head on to community.hubhopper.com to check out their amazing range of products. The Blue Microphone consists of the Blue Voice technology, which produces clear broadcast quality sound for podcasting and is compatible with both Mac and Windows. The Blue Microphone range is highly recommended for all podcasters. Hello and welcome back to another week of Heart in My Sleeve. This is Mancha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hub Hopper. This week we have on the show Saksha Bhatt, who is one half of the clothing label Saksha and Kinney that she runs with her sister-in-law. After graduating as a lawyer and pursuing a career in criminal law at the Bombay High Court, in 2016, she and her sister-in-law got together to found Saksha and Kinney with the aim to give the handsome Kariguri of India a distinct global voice. In this episode, we talk about how Saksha has consistently broken the mold to lead a life where she makes her own rules. Whether it's in the type of mother that she is, the fact that she works with her sister-in-law, or in the way that she runs her business. We talk about what a work-life balance realistically looks like when you're mothering a 7-month-old baby, part of a joint family, and running a young company that's just taking off. And here is Saksha. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Why don't you share how this lockdown has been for you and some of your experiences? Um, I think honestly, at the beginning of lockdown, it was pretty daunting. I had a feeling that it would go on more than a month. You know, initially they were like, it's just going to be a few weeks, and I think it was really daunting just as humans when being told that you're not allowed out and you know suddenly you have these restrictions placed on your life and especially as a new mom I have a son who's only 2 months old when lockdown started yeah it was really daunting in terms of first of all what is going to happen to work like suddenly you know you have so many employees who are basically left stranded if there's no work so i think our first concern was oh my god how do we handle this situation if we can't go what happens to them you know how do we keep up with rent you know so many daunting questions and i remember kinny and i being on the phone together and her telling me that i don't think this is going to last just 3 like looking at the rest of the world yeah. we really need to come up with a game plan like how do we get money to pay up you know our employees and i think that was such a major concern and so daunting at the time but you know something i've learned through this process is as humans you can face anything like at the beginning you're always going to be overwhelmed but I think now if you ask anyone for months on it's become a way of life now and I think as humans we really ad- adapted just adapting and I think mind over matters you know it just takes time for you to emotionally process information but the minute you get into a new routine or a new normal you adapt super fast and I think once we put a game plan into place regarding our employer then it was just on cruise control just making the most of a really bad situation Mm-hmm. And I think that was the daunting moment just being like how do we survive you know we're a small brand it's not like we've been around you know for 10 15 years or we're bridals we have so much money saved up because our margins are so big you know we're still a very small brand our margins are small our retail price points are low like how do we how do we just maintain the quality of life of our migrant workers first of all how do we even get them back home safe because i think it's a luxury in itself to be stuck at home with your family 
but yeah, to be at the lockdown far away from home far away from your family is altogether another kind of nightmare So honestly our low point was how do we figure this out how do we help our people and how do we get through this as a brand i think that's something we're still figuring today i think one of the things that we've spoken about earlier was that whether it is in how you sort of move back to india or whether it's through your brand you decided to do it in such a manner where you made your own rules and you didn't go by what was expected in your personal life and as far as your brand is concerned as well you don't really fit the mold in a lot of ways so what are some of the ways in which you made your own rules i think kinny and i really we kind of don't really look to social conventions we kind of see how to live our best life and that's really translated both in the brand and our personal lives i mean um right from my husband who is kinney's younger brother when we dated we were living in two separate continents he was in the us i grew up in the uk he decided to move back to india to you know join the family business and then the question arose does he move to uk or do i move here and we made the decision that i would try it out here i think just in terms of moving back to india from the west a lot of people were like oh my god that's so weird like why would you do it that way around and i think there's a lot of advantages there's a lot of disadvantages as well which i'm sure we'll cover but i think there's a lot of advantages to living here and something we faced that was kind of going against the norm was that i didn't have any family in bombay so our families were forward thinking enough to allow us to live together so i was actually living with my then boyfriend in a joint family kind of setting which i think wow. have grandparents in the same house and parents in the same house i think was unheard of you know 10 years ago and also working with your sister in law i mean a lot of people say how can you work with your sister in law you know how can you mix family and business especially with your in laws rather than they still understand your own sister but when it comes to sister in law people find that you know hard to believe that's also something that we we never looked at labels it was i look at kini as my friend does it make sense to work with her yes is she also my sister in law yeah that's a coincidence Mm. and same way with you know even raising my son i mean i think i do it in a very what i think is a more western manner and there's a lot of things that i don't talk about here because there's still so much stigma attached to even things like are you breastfeeding are you giving formula you know how can you give solids at such a young age do you share his pictures on social media and you know there's so many things that come with having a child in india whereas in the west it's just people do what they feel like it's it's so funny the other day for example my mother in law like someone was saying you know your son's so good looking and i was like yeah he's he's cute and my mom in law said don't say that don't say that just say he's okay <laughs> and this whole thing of you shouldn't admit if you think your son is cute or good looking i mean that's just so bizarre to me i just don't understand that and those are concepts that i've never been brought up with in the uk if you think your son is cute you say your son's cute you know that stops and finishes there so yeah. i think that life can be so much easier when you kind of play by your own rules i mean that doesn't mean you do drastic stick things or you know you go too far with it either but i think if something makes sense to you then you should do it if it makes people happy and it makes sense why not um and i think same way with the brand i know 10 years ago people weren't wearing print on print on print in india you know you weren't mixing three different prints in one on some or wearing head to toe one print especially in a western silhouette you weren't wearing horizontal stripes because they thought you would look bigger in horizontal stripes i mean things like that when kinney and i made this brand we really decided early on that we're not going to look to trends or what is hot this season or what color scheme works this season we were just going to purely design on what we felt right during that time and i think that's something that's really worked both in our professional and our personal lives that's just the way we kind of live 
you're a new mother right now and obviously because of the lockdown i think things are a little slower but whether it was through your pregnancy or now that you're a mother how do you manage your time or how do you bring about that healthy work life balance now because you have this additional role so it's not only having time for yourself but you also obviously have to be a present mother and you have to run this other baby so that's a great question i think it's something i'm still figuring out 7 months in it's something that i still haven't kind of fully figured out yet just in terms of i'm still working from home I have the luxury to do that so i think when you're working from home you know you have the luxury of kind of having your support system your infrastructure not having to choose between the two and i think i'll face that more once work starts outside yeah but i will tell you that i went back to work in february which is again frowned upon in india but when i was 2 months old i returned to work and it was really difficult leaving a baby behind at home and stepping out and again you're constantly feeling guilty whether you're abandoning your child when he needs you or you're abandoning your your other child with your partner in work who you're letting down because you're not able to give 100%. So I think it's it's a fine line that I'm still figuring out how to balance. Of course, in the last 4 months with lockdown, he comes first. So if I have work and he needs something, work 100% comes secondary to his needs. But also, you know, there's a guilt of, you know, this is my other baby and this is my brand and how can I not be giving 100% there? The brand needs me as much as he does right now. So for yeah. me, I think a lot of mothers will say my child comes first. There's no question about it. If I'm to give a really honest answer, they're both equally important. Of course, my son comes first. but in terms of how many hours i have in the day i have to give as much time to my work as i do my son and that's the only way to ensure that both thrive you know if i neglect one it's not going to thrive and i think in this kind of environment globally and with the situation we're in every little hour minute helps in work because you're constantly having to strategize brainstorm change up old ways to you know keep up with the trend right now which is a decline in economy so yeah. i think that is something i'm still figuring out it is easier working from home because i have help so i'm able to you know give him to my mother in law uh, give him to a relative and just say look after him for one hour knowing that you know it's not like a maid they're going to entertain him and focus on him while i give that one hour to my work of course you find ways to adapt i mean when he takes a nap i can solely focus on work when he sleeps at night he sleeps early so i have the whole night to kind of sit and work and it's funny kinney and i both laugh that we get the most time between midnight and like 4am both of our kids are asleep and we're able to communicate i think um it's become like an unhealthy routine of early morning working now yeah but i think as days go by you do find a healthy kind of balance and i'd be lying if i said one was more important than the other i think for them both to flourish you have to find a balance and make both as important as each other and the third element in this whole thing which is you so how do you make time for yourself and when you do what are the few self care rituals that you follow or few things that you do so that you also feel good because i think your mental health is also something that's important in all of this so honestly for the first like 3 4 months of my son um, being born i had no quality of life because i think a newborn baby you know they constantly need you they're crying mine didn't sleep that long so i was going a little mental and not finding any me time in the last 3 months this is really embarrassing but 
I have this thing where every night after dinner for 20 minutes I watch something that makes me laugh. So for the last like 2 months I've been rewatching The Office, the US Office. And honestly, I it just calms me after a long day. It really calms me. It's just something that I can switch my brain off and just laugh. And I love comedy and I love sarcasm. Um it's like my favorite thing. That's what de-stresses me. I just thrive on that 20 minutes of me time is literally all I need to kind of reboot. Like I said, I go back to work in the night after 11 p.m. kind of me and Kini go back to work and you know that's when we really do a lot of our work. But that 20 30 minutes that I get to just put my laptop on and just switch off has really given me so much mental clarity and mental peace. I can't even tell you. Even simple things I think for a new mom like going for a hot shower. You know that 20 minutes that you just get to just shower without a smile waiting for you is just like heaven. So I think I've really gone back to just really simple things like where I used to binge watch a show for hours and be satisfied only if I'd watch like four episodes back to back. If I get one episode or half an episode I'm like okay that was amazing. When do you sleep if you start working first? Not out of the window. Like I used to be someone who needed 10 hours of sleep every night, which I think is a lot more than the average person. Like I needed a good 10 hours to feel rejuvenated. And now if I get 4 5 hours, I'm good. Like I've become like a new person. So it all balances out in the end because all the extra hours that you slept last year. my slothness i'm just being like punished for that i think i remember like waking up at 10 a.m and chilling and you know it's just gone out of the window i think if i get 4 hours in a stretch i feel so refreshed cuz it's been so long you know having a baby wakes up every you know, half an hour whatever even if if i get 4 5 hours i'm good wow and if i'm tired in the day if he's taking his morning nap then i'll you know nap for like 20 minutes so that also works Okay, you moved back from England to India. So, what were some of the things that you struggled with, and what were some of the adjustments that you had to make? Yeah, I had never lived in India prior to moving here. I would visit summer holidays, Christmas vacations. Yeah, my parents always made it a point that I would come and visit the grandparents, aunts and uncles, kept in touch with cousins. So, I was well versed with India, but I'd never lived here. I never lived in Bombay. Even Bombay had been just a handful of times when I was growing up because my family was South Indian, so it was always Chennai, Mangalore, Bangalore, never Mumbai. Hindi was alien to me. Like none of us can speak Hindi at home, so that was another thing that was just completely alien. So I think such different places that you have to be able to kind of adapt and just kind of adjust. to the way of life here it's so so different i remember just having a complete culture shock when i moved here just very subtle differences that you don't even realize you're making but you have to to kind of survive here when i moved i was i studied law so i started working at high court bombay high court and immediately it was such a massive culture shock i mean it was 90% men yeah, that must have been because those are the most glamorous offices yeah. <laughs> i know and i'd grown up watching ali mcbeal and you know legally blonde and i had this complete you know naivety that i'm going to be this woman who's empowered and take on men and then i moved to india and i was like okay it's just india's not ready for women this is i'm talking you know a good eight years ago i was like india's not ready for women lawyers to succeed because high court was amazing and i learned a lot but it was just so intimidating for a woman in terms of just being 
completely in the minority. And where there were women, they were all in their 50s. And being in my mid-20s, it was quite alienating. And even the working hours, I remember I would come home from office. I would reach home at like 10.30 in the night. And I would have to work till like 1 a.m. doing paperwork and then start again in the morning, be at office by 8. Yeah. And no Saturdays off. I was like, wait, the weekend <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. This makes no sense. Why do people work on a Saturday? You know, and even just infrastructure, I mean, getting anything done here took so long. I mean, people would say, oh, but just ask for help. Just ask the boy to go do it. I was always like, but if I do it myself, it'll get done faster. But then I was so, but you can't do it. You have to delegate that work to somebody else. Yeah. I never understood that, you know, in UK, if I wanted something done, I would drive there. I'd fill out the paperwork. I'd get it sorted. And suddenly here, I was like, no, you have to ask for help. And you have to go through via, via, via someone. So I did feel super handicapped actually coming here because people there will be like, oh, but you have a cook and you have a driver and you have help at home. But actually, sometimes it's just easier to just do things yourself in the right way rather than tell someone 10 times how you need something. So that was also, you know, a massive kind of culture shock. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that I had to kind of adjust to, but a lot of advantages as well. Yeah, is, so that's how I do Having a cook, <laughs> having a job. <laughs> I mean, those are luxuries you don't have in the West. I remember telling my friends that, like, I can get home from work and have my clothes for going out already arranged you know I don't have to come home and worry about cooking and then cleaning and then ironing to go out again after work I think that's something that we really take for granted you know and my son just having home help it's just life can be very easy here having stuff I mean never having to look for parking never having to put petrol in your car I mean that's such a small thing right you take your car to a petrol station in India and someone puts the gas in for you in England you have to do that by yourself it doesn't matter if it's minus 10 or 30 degrees you have to step out of your car and put in the gas yourself and I think you know there's so many luxuries I mean any of your favorite restaurants today will send a person we have so much manpower in India that you can get on almost anything and in England it's not like that you have to physically drive to a restaurant to pick up your takeaway So I think those are very small things. There are a lot of more amazing things about India, the tradition, the colors, the, you know, festivities here. There's just so many amazing things about India. I mean, at the end of the day, I think to to move from the West and make a decision to live here, there has to be so many advantages, right? Yeah, definitely. And you lived abroad. Did you stay abroad too? I mean, for me, I wasn't in one place. I was in China, then I was in Africa, then I was in Russia. Wow. And we moved back. So for me, I think, you know, it wasn't a set way of life. It was just that change was my constant because I went through nine schools, just the language barrier in each of these places. And it was crazy. How come you moved so much? So my dad, he used to work for this pharma MNC. And so we moved around with him and we were actually supposed to move to the States after that. But my dad, he had told the company, so he stuck with that one company throughout. And he told them when he was 24 that the day he turns 40, he's going to quit and follow his passion, which was always in the stock market. Like he's been investing in the stock market since the ninth grade. And he did. So when he turned 40, we all moved back. And that's what happened. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was a fun childhood, but obviously moving around so much, you don't really have a base. That's a whole problematic issue of its own. 
Do you feel like now that you're here, you would want to stay here or do you still? Oh, yes. Yes. For me, so I never really saw one place as home. And I found that when I met my, well, now husband at the time I was in college. Yeah, so I kind of found home in him. And for me, it's more having moved around so much and having lived in such different places. I really just think that home is where it's okay to stay, but where your yeah, heart is and, and where you just feel like you have a sense of community more than anything else. But yeah, I don't think as of now I would want to move anywhere else. That's a good point, actually. I think I also moved here at a young age, my early 20s, and I think that helps. I think the older you get, the harder it is to move. Like if somebody only now moved to India, I'd be like, I cannot. I cannot adjust at this age at 31. I can't adjust. Yeah. um, You know, 10 years ago, it was Yeah, exactly. So for me, I was still in school. And while I had four really hard years, by the time I sort of found my footing, I think I really just fell in love with, you know, being in one place. So we were talking about the fact that you work with your sister-in-law. And I know you spoke about how you don't see it in that way. But how does that work? Because I think for a lot of people, that's what they want to know. What is it like? So... Honestly, she's more like my sister than my sister-in-law. Like I always say, I married my husband for Guinea. <laughs> we've dated for so long, Karan and I. It's been like 13 years that we've been together. That I grew up knowing her. I grew up as her, like my sister. And I don't have siblings of my own either. So I think working with her, you know, she's so like me in the sense that there's no formalities. You know how there's no customs and you have to do this and you have to show respect. She treats me like an equal, though she's my elder sister-in-law. And um, we're really more like friends. So when we work together, I think something actually that makes it work is we have a clear division of work. Although we give our opinions, we don't get involved in what the other person's doing. Like, I don't like managing the factory and managing cargoes. She thrives at that. She hates managing social media teams, PR, sales merchandising you know our offices abroad she hates all that and I love that so I think you know our different personalities really help that she stays out of my side and I stay out of hers but I think also she's older and I let her be the older sister so I'll let her shout at me when she needs to and you know she has more experience in garments than I do so I definitely am the one to listen to her like when it comes down to it I listen to her because I know ultimately she is right but at the same time she always listens to me too. There's never a sense of you're younger than me or you don't know anything. You know, anything I say, she will listen. And anything she tells me, I will listen. And um, funnily enough, the day before we started this, Kinney's dad, my father-in-law, came up to me and said, if you do this, and if you guys are going to work together and something goes wrong, I want you to give all of the money to Kinney. Can you do that? And I said, 100%, I'm not working with her for money. I want to work with her because I want to work with her. So if something goes wrong and the relationship breaks down, she can have everything. And I didn't realize he went to her and said, Kini, tomorrow, if something goes wrong, I want you to give everything to Saksha. Only if you agree and you mean it and you're telling me you will, go ahead with it. And she had the same response as me. She was like, 100%, it's hers. Done. And we didn't actually even discuss this till literally three years. I came up, I was like, you know, did you know he said this? She was like, no way, that's what he told me. So he didn't even want us to find out that the other person said that. But I genuinely know that it's not about money or success or fame. 
we just love working with each other and tomorrow if anything was to happen i would with two hands give her the company and with two hands she would give me the company you know there's no ego clash i love her more than i love the business and it's the same for her so and i really believe that if you go into anything with a clean heart and good intentions you can work with anyone i mean family labels are just labels you know it's as long as you go into anything with trust and you know loyalty fine it's a it's a no brainer that's so beautifully put and also um, what your father in law did that's amazing yeah i love him right. for that yeah so in the moments where your role as a mother is tugging at you from one direction your role as being a good wife is tugging at you from one direction or being a part of a larger family is tugging at you and also your work is tugging at you from another direction so how do you find your center you spoke about how you watch the office and you love yeah. that comic relief at the end of the day but other than that how do you find your center Um honestly I think a super supportive family helps. I mean today my husband understands that I have my son, there's his family, there's my work and same with my in-laws. I mean they're the most progressive people I've ever met. I mean I thought my parents were progressive living in the in the UK but they are just as progressive and there's no commitments. I mean today my mother-in-law will say don't worry about cooking don't worry about the house just focus on your work focus on your son and i think that's so amazing i mean most mother in laws would say no beta just focus on your son don't work right now but she's like no no work is equally important if you want to work work so i think i find my balance just by you know moving things around like if my son needs something i'm there i mean he's a baby so he comes first and i make sure i get that sorted but at the same time if my husband needs something i have the you know freedom to say listen i can't do this right now i'm really sorry cuz i have work and my son so this has to wait family obligations have to wait i think that really is what centers me the freedom to just say no i can't do this right now my two hats that are priority right now work and being a mother and not that i'm any less of a wife but my husband is understanding enough to make sure i have the freedom to juggle these things things that i have to do that are not work related and not my son related i have the freedom to put them on the back burner and come back to it when i have time so i think a supporting family is the answer to that i mean otherwise i would go mad if my mother in law said you know come and do puja or you know come and clean the house or cook with me and manage your work and manage your child and you know sit with your husband and just stare at him while he works i would go mad i think just finding such progressive people to be with and live with has really given me the luxury of being able to be centered and calm at all times and really put my son and my work which are the two most important things to me right now at the forefront yeah i think that's so important for especially women to hear in india because i think most people tend to believe that this is something that does not exist So, giving like a personal example as well, I got married really young. Both of us were just in love, and we really wanted. How old were you, if I may ask? I was twenty-three, and okay. I was dead set on being like the sort of person who got married at twenty-nine or thirty after like completely finding my calling and settling down in that. Like for me, I was always very driven and ambitious. When we did get married, I think for a lot of people, like especially because of how young I was, it was just like, oh my god, like that's it, that's the end of your. work life for your career and like you were so ambitious and now you're going to become a wife 
and i think it's important for people to realize for me getting married it gave me wings in the way that me and my husband so we live alone we're just constantly supporting each other and his company took off exponentially after our wedding i took a few years to figure out i tried out a bunch of things starting a clothing line was one of them at one point but i tried out a bunch of things and whether it was me investing money into something and hoping for that to work out or whether it was me changing my mind as to you know this isn't right for me anymore and not wanting to do it or whether it was just me not knowing and me having that space to figure things out yeah you're back yeah and again like you said having a supportive family in both ways like whether it's your parents or it's your in-laws who I don't look at as in-laws for me they're equally my parents or whether it's your spouse because i think for a lot of people i don't know if you watched indian matchmaking no it's on my to do list everyone's been doing <laughs> yeah so you should definitely watch that when you see stuff like that you just you have a really I'm so lucky i'm so blessed because it can be so limiting and in both ways like because i mean you will watch it so i don't want to give you any spoilers <laughs> but i think it's important for every woman listening in to know that it's something that they should be able to ask for it's something that they should know exists out there and it's something that they should know that they deserve true you know because absolutely yeah and i think once you are married you have more of a perspective on this because when you're not married or when you're younger you have all of these different ideas about what it's going to be like but when you actually get down to it and i've seen that with so many people around me they got married into the most educated of families and stuff like that but their ways are so regressive and important as a family to give that to the girl and it's important for the girl to know that she deserves that platform as well and absolutely i couldn't put that better myself in these four years has there been a moment or a few moments where you felt like overwhelmingly anxious and if you have how have you sort of dealt with it and managed it um Honestly, uh we've been lucky enough that things have gone fairly smoothly in this four years. We've been very very blessed in terms of outreach and kind of the support we've received and um the publicity we've received. But I think like I mentioned earlier, I think a, a really low and anxious point was lockdown because we were like okay, we're just starting to make a name for ourselves and you know, just starting to do good sales and um you know, I'll be very honest with you, we have a showroom in New York and we're not going to be able to sustain that much longer because the climate has taken such a downturn and i think putting money unnecessarily right now is not the smartest of decisions and and to be able to get into a new york showroom is such a prestigious moment to then be like okay we need to take a break is a massive you know gut-wrenching loss so i'd say our lowest point is right now living through this kind of lockdown phase where you know New York is also suffering rates have gone higher rack rates have gone higher and that's something that a lot of designers are struggling to kind of cope up with the biggest challenges we face in our careers are happening right now mm-hmm. so i'll let you know in like 6 months if we get out of <laughs> no but you know i think it's just a matter of counting your blessings so you know you have to just take solace in the fact that you're going to face hardships but it's just a matter of just surviving and my father in law also said something really cool last month and he was like you know for all businesses if at the end of the year you're still alive after corona then that's your profit 
it's not about work and business and i think that's so true i mean i think we're just lucky to be healthy and alive while so many people are dying out there so i really look at these small business pitfalls as it's okay it's just another hurdle in the road and hopefully 2021 will bring much better things yeah definitely managing anxiety has just been counting our blessings and really taking the time enjoy and spend time at home i mean i'm getting literally a maternity leave that i wouldn't have got i have so much time with my son and i'm seeing him really develop and grow and i wouldn't have had that like i said i was back to work within 2 months so just even spending time with my husband i mean we're both working from home we're spending so much time together it's been amazing i mean we've literally thrived i mean i think you either thrive or you don't and it's gone so well i mean we're loving spending time with each other and had i had not had a child in this i would have been binge watching shows all day <laughs> it would have been amazing but no i mean my son keeps me on my toes because of him i've kept a routine every day and that's managed my anxiety really well i think just waking up at a certain time you know making lists for the day and being organized working out all that really helps with anxiety but honestly like my father in law says just being healthy and surviving this is just calming in itself anything else can wait everything else is secondary and that's so important to sort of hear right now because weirdly enough like the more privileged you are the more anxious you are about the situation and the way that you know you're not used to being confined in your house and i unfortunately see people who are better off having more to complain about right now than so true in worse situations so because even when you come across your help or the people who are working for you or with you they're just focused on again surviving right now whatever way and they're not really thinking about the loss of income and all of that they're not focusing on that they are focusing on whatever they can do to make the most of a bad situation so in that way that's really important what your father in law said what i've learned from this conversation is that my father in law super wise cuz i think giving you I'm sure you love to hear this. <laughs> When it comes to time management, so are you an organized person anyway or do you struggle with managing your time? Yeah, I am not the best in managing my time. I'm kind of someone who just wings it like as work comes I do it and then I attend to other things and then I go back to my work. Like my husband is like I could never work like you. Yeah. It's just so all over the place, but I think I'm like a a calm in a chaos. Like, you know, super tidy in a mess. You know how people say the room's so messy but I would be able to find everything in it. Yeah. Not messy like if you see my room it's pristine. My workspace has to be completely like white, clean. Yeah. Like for my brain to work in a work environment, everything has to be amazingly pristine. But my life is chaos. Like I'll have 50 things happening at once and I'm able to manage that. My husband says all the time like I could never multitask like you and I really thrive on doing 50 things at once. Like I can't just sit and do one thing at a time. Like I'm not that organized. I think I would do much better if I was. But lockdown has taught me to be a bit more refined with my time. Just in terms of having to manage a child and do your work, you have to be way more organized just to get through the day. I think becoming a mother has taught me better management skills but as a person i'm innately disorganized i mean my time management is all over the place i'll never miss a deadline ever but i'll make it harder on myself yeah. so i think i make my life harder than it should be yeah and i think i'm like 
you in that regard. I don't know whether this part is what you do as well or not, but for me, pushing a task to the very last second and I think it gives me a kick. Like yeah, yeah, I used to do that when I was younger with my exams. I would push it to the last second and then I'd open the book for the first time. You know, two days before the actual test or. Exam and then I would do well. Yeah, <laughs> so. Same, same. I, we're just those kind of people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's a skill. It's fun. It is. It's it a lot. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like some people I know, if they live the way I did when it comes to assignments, they would die of anxiety. And I'm pretty calm about it. I'm just like, it's fine. It'll be fine. So, what are some of the ways in which you know you made your own rules when it comes to Sapcha and Kini? There's a lot of things that we kind of tried to break the mold with. One was really pushing the boundaries when it came to prints. I mean, we were all about wearing prints head to toe. And although that's not so uncommon, wearing a printed shirt with printed trousers, what we tried to do was introduce the idea of wearing different prints head to toe. Maybe wearing three different prints, a different print on your shirt, a different print on your skirt, and a cape which had a third print. So we really wanted to kind of break that mold of you can't mix prints, it becomes too much or too uh, garish or too clashing. That was something that we definitely didn't believe in and still don't believe in. Another thing that we kind of tried to break the mold was something that was actually celebrated by Vogue. And Vogue did a feature on this. We introduced horizontal stripes instead of vertical stripes and we placed them on larger women. And the way that we structured the garments, they didn't look big. They didn't make any woman bigger. And I think that's also a myth that, you know, you have to dress in vertical stripe prints to look slimmer. I think it's all about proportion, cut, colors. Horizontal stripes work as well as vertical stripes is just about placement and uh, proportion even in terms of campaigns I mean if you look at all our early lookbooks we really celebrate you know that Indian look and Indian color and that Indian duskiness I mean we use supermodels like Achanakil Kumar Nidhi Sunil we really from day one didn't conform to using you know Caucasian models we were like no we're an Indian label let's really celebrate Indian women and real Indian women who aren't using fair and lovely who are celebrating their duskiness and their color and and that was something that was really important to both of us I think that's basically the two kind of ways that we wanted to break the mold a by kind of decoding prints and making them less alienating and b really celebrating women of color in India and really highlighting and showcasing them real women being celebrated for who they are and what they look like rather than trying to be anything else. So I'm going to do a quick five question rapid fire. Who is the woman that you admire most and why? Iris Aptel. I think she's the most amazing, inspiring lady. I'm only saying her because I'm tying this in with the brand. She's someone who we are constantly uh, inspired by, I think. For age, the way she lives, her outlook is just so energetic. And, you know, she's someone who lives life to the fullest. I hope at her age, I can exude that much youth and happiness. What's the best piece of advice that you received so far? I think, again, what my father-in-law said, if you make it out alive this year, that's your, that's your business profit. Just staying healthy and staying alive. What's the one habit that you've been trying to develop during the lockdown? Just setting a routine, getting up early, 
you know, at a fixed time every day, working out. I know that's cliche, but it really does kind of clear your mind. Just waking up on time, eating on time, working out on time, just those little things. I mean, I see it in my child. Wait, this is rapid fire, right? Your routine, waking up early. What's one thing that you've learned the hard way? That's a really hard one. I think there's just too many things I've learned the hard way. I think living in India, I came here so naive, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, thinking it would be a breeze. And I'm from England. I've had this amazing education. And then I had a rude awakening that, you know, life can be really hard and you have to toughen up and you meet all kinds of people and you really have to have your wits about you. And yeah, just be smart about a lot of things. Who is the one person who's at the top of your bucket list that you want to dress? That's a good question. I think uh, Victoria Beckham. Just because she has such immaculate style and she's such an amazing designer. Imagine if that level of designer chooses to wear you. That means you've made it. That's a really good answer. This was really fun, Saksha. Thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Really enjoyed doing this with you. And thank you for wearing your heart on your sleeve and being so honest and fresh and open about things. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Bye. Take care. Bye. And with that, we come to an end of this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to check out Saksha's brand, which is at the rate Saksha Kinney on Instagram. I've already linked it in the bio. Their clothes are absolutely stunning and I myself cannot wait to shop from them. Next week, I have a very special episode planned for you. So that you don't miss that episode or any future episodes, don't forget to click on the bell icon or the subscribe button. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at the rate heart on my sleeve official. For behind the scenes footage, future guests, more personal growth content, or to become a more active member of the Homes community. Do let us know the kinds of topics that you want covered in the future, the type of guests that you want on the podcast. I would really appreciate that. And if you want to personally reach out to me, my handle is at the rate Mancha Kaur Anand. See you next week. Bye. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट